Welcome to All of the Above. This is Trevor. I am one of the pastors at Ridgewood Church. All of the Above is a podcast where we couldn't decide to talk about books or philosophy of ministry or any number of different things. So we decided to call it All of the Above and talk about everything. And I'm excited this morning to have with me Reagan Koshal. Reagan, tell the masses hello. What's up, everybody? (laughs) My name is Reagan Koshal. I'm glad to be here. So Reagan is uh, a longtime member of Ridgewood Church. He is married to our kids ministry director, Hannah. And Reagan and Hannah are just outstanding people. And we, for, for many reasons, I wanted to have Reagan on the podcast, not least because I want their tribe to increase. We want more Hannahs and Reagans around Ridgewood. We want their influence to grow. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast, man. I feel that way about you. That's very kind. Um, we're super grateful for them. Reagan uh, teaches English at a local high school. And uh, man, who, just, who wouldn't want to have Mr. Koshal as their English teacher? That's what I think. He just made a face. I, pre- I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I I do love what I do, so I'm thankful for that. <laughs> and if if we have um, sweet, mellow, baritone voices this morning, it's because we're recording this very early <laughs> yes, in the morning before work. This is Reagan Koshal, just to be very <laughs> clear. <laughs> now, uh, let me ask you this question, kind of in light of a conversation we were just having. What is your favorite day of the week? Wow. Um, I mean, it's really hard not to say Friday. I mean, okay. in terms of like, I, okay, so obviously just like job status, like Fridays are great just because students come in and like everyone just has the air of like, yeah, we made it. Like, we're going to be okay. Um, it's a lot more chill on Fridays just at work. Um but I also really love Saturday. Like I just love Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays are specific like family days for us, um, where uh, we are just very intentional about spending time together as a family or or spending time with others. Um, and then obviously Sundays, just gathering with the body is is always refreshing. Even when it's like, eh, I don't know if I just feel this, and then you get here and you're like, my soul needed that. Mm. And so um, I'm I'm always refreshed moving into Mondays. So. That's yeah, probably I love that. The, the, the answer is uh, every every single one of them. <laughs> but we can all agree that the the least desirable day of the week is Tuesday, right? Yes, yes, because mo- everyone knows that like Monday's the worst. But because everyone knows, there's there's a there's something to that where it's like we're all on common ground. Like let's just get through it, and there's kind of a sweetness to that. But Tuesday's like we're not halfway there. Mm. Monday already happened. Mm-hmm. I still feel Monday. Mm. And now you're. I'm already longing for the weekend, so I agree. Right. I think Tuesday is just kind of a bump <laughs> in the road. <laughs> Man, well, I, you know, I say that. I say Tuesday's the worst, which and that's our our staff day. That's the day when, like, our one of the few oh, days, right. like, all of our staff is together. So, staff, as you're listening to this, don't take that personally. Hopefully, right. you understand. That's, your, that's the highlight of the Tuesday, right? Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. That's why we put it on Tuesdays to yeah. redeem Tuesdays. There you go. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, uh, Reagan and I were talking recently about this topic of conversation threading, and we'll get there in a second as to exactly what that is. Uh, but he was sharing with me that this was a practice that he had his students do early in the in the school year. Was it the first day of school? Yeah, so second day of school, we, we dove into conversations and like a, a discussion about uh, all kinds of different things. Yeah, and 
And as he was talking about it and talking about equipping his students and having good conversations, it made me think about some of the conversations we've been having on the podcast lately, specifically about being community makers, about being people who are sources of community for other folks who are committed to kind of generating that as opposed to being community takers. And thought having practical skills in conversations seemed like it would go a long way in helping generate community, right? So I wanted to have Reagan on to talk about this practice. This is not original to him. He can he can talk about where he got the idea from and just explain it and offer us some helpful tips on making conversations. So why did you choose to make this practice, make this a uh, an exercise for your students? So um, like Trevor mentioned, I mean, I'm obviously a high school teacher and this year I had the privilege or have the privilege rather, I still teach them, um, have the privilege of teaching seniors. And so it's definitely one of those things where they are one foot in to school still, but they're definitely one foot out. Um, and so I really wanted to be super intentional about giving them tools that were going to be helpful just outside of the classroom. And as we were planning with um, some other teachers, um, you know, the, the idea of just starting with discussion, because, um, you know, a, a lot of times, I mean, most of us have been to school, um, it's, you know, the first couple of days are just kind of like, what's your favorite candy bar, um, which is fine. Um, and I like to know those things, too. But uh, we don't really dive into, like, having conversations. It's mm. just more of, like, I'm interviewing mm. you, and um, and then I'm going to use that information somewhere, hopefully. Um, and then I'm going to just dive into the curriculum that I need. So the reason I started with it this year um, – was just to open up the the door to like, hey, you're you're in a safe place to share your thoughts, and we're gonna we're gonna work through how we can do this well. Um, and so we had very open conversations just about like, who are you? What do you think of what do you think of school? Like, what are the things that you learned? What what just were written, you know hard for you? Um, and just knowing that students so often are are so inwardly and so individualized, um, a lot of a lot of that due to social media and cell mm. phones. It's like mm. because now that our school has a no phone zone, it's like let's let's put down our stuff. Let's let's use our eyes. Let's use our ears. Let's use our mouths and let's engage with one another. Mm. I love that. So, conversation as a as a tool for or or the the conversation threading in particular as a tool for kind of drawing students out of themselves and turning their attention towards other people. Correct. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, why do you think it is that we struggle with conversations? So, I, I mean, I mentioned it again. I think, I think that's a universal cultural thing, uh, at least in the, in the U S um, just because we, again, have, have, have gotten so individualized and, and by being so focused on the individual, um, and the needs and the desires of the individual person as opposed to the whole, we have secluded ourselves from others, um, whether it be, um, well, I, I think maybe most um, effectively that has happened, and I say that word like loosely, and that's maybe not the best word, but um, is, is because of social media and mm. um, just media in general. Um, cell phones, having, having access to just information at all times. It's like, you know, there was once upon a time where if like you didn't know information, like you had to talk to somebody who did. Hmm. Um, and now it's like, Oh, I don't know what that is. I take out my phone. I do it all myself and I am, I'm good. Um, 
And so I think there, yeah, there's just that struggle of like, it's, it's about me. And so unless our conversation, this is even something I'm, I'm working through with my students. Like, even though you might deem a conversation as boring or unworthy does not mean that you get to check out. Mm. It's like, Mm. because the world does not revolve around you. And Mm. that's really, that's a tough sell because the world is telling you that, Mm. yes, you are the center of the universe. Golly. But when everyone is the center, then no one is the center kind of kind of deal. So. Yeah, that's man, that's excellent. You talking about that made me think about uh, when was the last time you had small talk with somebody? You're staying in line at the grocery store and you look around and everyone is scrolling or has uh, AirPods in listening to a podcast or right. hopefully this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, when was the last time that you just chatted with somebody in the grocery store line um, or maybe probably more common when was the last time somebody tried to chat with you in the grocery store line and it annoyed you and you were like just don't talk to me i'm trying to yeah. i'm trying to get out of ingles alive right and that's and that's a that's and by no means am i an expert on conversations but this is definitely something that i've become a lot more aware of recently and have tried to push myself hmm. even for that reason like i mean even waiting in a doctor's office you know, I, I was sitting there and i'm you know i was looking around and again, everybody was on their phone. I was like, I, you know, I really need to keep this in my pocket. Um, mm. I'm, I'm going to stay put. Like, I don't need this. And um, again, what a to your point, like what a good opportunity that would have been. Because again, I'm still learning and I'm still going to make these mistakes. Um, but that would have been a great opportunity to engage in conversation. And who knows where the Lord would have taken that conversation. Yeah. And I think that's another just value to conversation is like we see throughout scripture, like the Lord uses conversations. Like that's how the gospel is spread. You Mm. know, nine out of 10 times is people just conversing and then they believe and then they go converse and then they believe and it spreads like wildfire. And for a society that says my conversation will happen on my terms and will happen on my phone. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's right on. How do you see conversations playing into building and sustaining community? Like we've talked about, I mentioned a moment ago, it it feels like this is kind of a natural um, topic of discussion based on some of our emphasis lately about building community. What do you think? I mean, how how do you see the ability to have conversations well kind of playing into our practice of being and making community? Yeah, so I think we can... Once we are able to get no, so to be clear, like kind of back up slightly, like small talk's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with small talk. I think it has kind of a, a bad stigma, but sometimes like you just kind of need to like push through the smaller things to get to the bigger things. Hundred percent. Um, and when it comes to conversations, like and, it, and it's a it's a necessary on ramp to a, the bigger right, things. Absolutely. You start with the weather. And maybe the first 10 times you talk, it's about the weather. Right. And it paves the way for eventually talking about, you know, your heart issues. Seriously. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't You don't just start, yeah, you don't curl turkey, man. Right. Tell and me, that's, tell and me that's, your deepest fears and longings. Correct. And that's kind of where the whole, like, threading thing, which we'll get to, is, is a little more interesting because it can, it can turn small talk into real talk very quickly. Hmm. Um and so in terms of your question of just like building a biblical community, I mean, I, I definitely think about the verse that says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so a mm. friend sharpens another. Um, and I mean, I think one of the ways that we do that is just being real with one another and 
Um, I was even talking with my wife uh, about this, and the thing that kept coming up in, in me and, and her kind of talking through this is like conversations are an invitation to be vulnerable with one another. Hmm. And a lot of times we don't take the opportunity to do that or we don't want to put ourselves out there because what if they don't accept it? What if I get rejected? What if they say something that rubs me wrong? And the answer is, yeah, you're right. That could absolutely happen. Um, but that doesn't mean it only happens to you, you know, and, and it's kind of one of those things that if everyone is willing to have those real conversations and to be vulnerable with one another and invite people to have those conversations, then there is something about the unifying um, ability to all be vulnerable at the same time and from that become more mindful of one another. And yeah. that's like, that is community. I mean, our, our hope for, community groups and i think you know we would agree with this like these are going to be people that we are able to to cut to the chase with if you will like um to to be able to have those real conversations where um how are you isn't just good i'm fine how are you where it's like how are you is like an invitation to i need to know like what's going on in your life so that i can pray for you so that i can um affirm you with scripture so that i can point you back to the gospel I, we need those moments to to help edify the body, and I think conversations are just a tool and being able to do it well rather than, again, like, how are you? I'm good. That's great. Well. See you later. Yeah. Jesus loves you. Um, you know, and, and so having, being able to know what that looks like is, is I think, a very helpful tool yeah. into that. Are there any script? You mentioned the Proverbs seventeen is iron sharpens iron, which I think is great. And and you make the point about sometimes you get rubbed the wrong way in conversations, and it's like, yeah, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe uh, maybe being uncomfortable and getting rubbed the wrong way is is a good thing. Maybe friction is positive. Right. Um, are there any other scriptures that you can think of think about that speak to this? Um, no pun intended. So I think, <laughs> um, I mean, I go back to Ephesians four fifteen where it talks about um. When, when Paul is talking about the edification of the body and um, he mentions this idea of like speaking truth and love. Mm. And, you know, we, we use that term, I think sometimes flippantly, but it, I mean, again, like even that phrasing is, I think we can all agree that truth is offensive. That's why, that's why culture has made truth, whatever you want it to be. Um, it, 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 it becomes inoffensive if it's whatever I want, but we as believers know that truth is objective. Like that's, this is what truth is. It's absolute. And so um, when we're speaking truth and love, I mean, again, Paul is saying like, hey, we're going to say things that are going to hurt sometimes. We may not even say them in the right way, but if we speak them from a place of love, let's trust that the Spirit is going to use those mm. words. And I think a lot of times we're hesitant to say those things because it's like, oh, I don't want to offend them and I don't, I don't want to say it wrong. And I am incredibly guilty of this. Rather than saying, you know what, I know this is truth, I'm going to do the best of my ability, and I'm going to make it known that I am coming from a place of love, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do His work from there. Hmm. Um, I also think of First um, Peter uh, 3.15. I had to pull this one up. Um, it says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, 
having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So the idea of like always being ready for an answer. Now, I know this one might be specifically talking about defense, but even to the point of like, for the reason we have our hope, that could be how are you today? Um, mm. That could be what's the weather like? I mean, th- those those conversations, like we can thread those back to the gospel and we can thread those back to like, I, I don't know how, like I'm not doing super great today, but I do know that no matter what I am going through, that, that Christ is going to be king and he's going to get me through it. And that's going to invite people to be like, well, who's, who are you talking about? Like, wh- wh- how can I can have that hope? And then now you're engaged in gospel conversation. And um, again, like the, the tag of like doing it with gentleness and respect. And when by doing that, the other people aren't going to have a place to be offended. And if they do, like that, that's on them, not on you. Like, so. Yeah, that's great. I love it. All right, so hit us with it. What is uh, conversation threading? What is this practical tool to enable us to be better at conversing with one another? Yeah, as Trevor mentioned, this is not an original, even though I wish so badly that it was, because <laughs> I I just think it's a, it's a brilliant, simple tool. Um, but I did, yeah, I did hear this elsewhere. Um, so conversational threading is um, the, uh, to be clear, I, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher. Vin Jong is where I heard it from. I don't even know if he's the originator of it either, but that is the source. As an English teacher, it felt, it felt wrong to not mention his name. <laughs> um, and so it basically is the idea of you are inserting specific threads, to use that language, within your conversation to allow the listener to latch on to. So um, I'm going to use this as an example, and he kind of uses it as an example too. Um, but if someone were to ask, like, hey, like, where are you from? Hey, It'd Reagan, be, where are you from? Oh, thanks. Um, Greer. I mean, yeah, there's there's a question, <laughs> and, and that could be, like, where's Greer? But now we've already, like, the the one-word answer, and this is what I tell my students. Well, where's, where's Greer? Yeah. South Carolina. And now we're in circles. Um, <laughs> so it's really uninteresting, and it's it's very obvious that I'm not. I don't want this conversation to go further um, than just Greer. Um, and so he talks about the idea of threading in other information to attach to your answers to give the listener the ability to engage in conversation with you. Give him some material to work with. Correct. So All if right. you were to ask again. Reagan, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm actually from Lyman. It's a it's a little bit outside of Greer, but I kind of like it because it's it's away from the city, but it's really close enough to where we can um, come quickly, and we're we're still very much surrounded by people. Because I, I don't know about you, but I like I have to be around people. That's just kind of my personality. So in that answer, I've automatically now given more uh, Lyman. Where's Lyman Ooh. instead of just where's Greer? But also. I've, I've let you in a little bit on my personality. Um, so if you were like, oh, wow, I'm also outgoing and a people person, like, what what do you mean by that? What what causes you to be that? That could easily intro into like, oh, well, what do you do? You talk about people like you must you must work with people, which I do. And now we're talking about school. And now I can talk, you know, there's a, a slew of things that we can talk about because I've given you several different options to choose from. I also talked about being outside of the city as opposed to being inside the city. Like, Oh, like, do you prefer to 
you know, live more on the outskirts? Yeah, I do. I like the seclusion, but I, I, I like the serenity of it. And, and now we're, we're now we're going. And you're, you're learning more about me just by answering the question 10 seconds longer. And a lot of times what ends up happening, and this is what I tell my students, is like, because they said the same thing. They said, well, Mr. Koshal, isn't that selfish? Mm. Like, isn't that like just you just talking, about, talking about yourself? No. The, the, like, and the, credit my wife, because she's a brilliant woman. What is more selfish, inviting others to engage and to learn more about you in hopes to learn about someone else or keeping that information to yourself? And that was that really hit me very hard. Like even in my conversations with people of like, oh, wow, like that's that's a lot of truth to that. Like a lot of times we don't want to share because we want to keep that information to ourselves. Um, And so, uh, yeah, it's it's not selfish. You are giving the opportunity, the invitation. Hey, like I want to speak to you so that I can learn more about you. That comes I think that comes from a place of again, a, a place of community and a place of like, let's, let's just be vulnerable and let's just be together right now. Let's, let's just learn. Yeah. No, I, dude, I love it. And the first thought I had was I could, I could see how somebody would hear what you just did and think, Oh, you're just one of those people who are the worst who just talks about themselves all right. the time. <laughs> and there are definitely those types of people. For sure. You can't ask them a question without them going on a monologue about all of the wonderful aspects of their character in life. Right. And that's not what you're describing. What you're saying is when somebody asks you a question, throw them a bone by offering a, just a, maybe a hair bit more information right. than, than what your natural impulse is so that you give them some material to work with. It's kind of like, it's like playing uh, ping pong with a kid and you just like, what if he served it and you just smacked it back every time? It's like, there's no fun in that. Right. Uh, you might win, but there's no right. fun in that. Like the goal is to play ping pong, to go right. back and forth is to, is to volley and let them send one back and you send one back. Yeah. So giving them some information to work with and hope that your conversation partner kind of picks up on that and right. does the same. And then and then you kind of attuning to those things that you can latch onto, that you can identify with, that you can explore more. Right. Each of them is a little room that you can enter into that leads to more rooms, that leads to more rooms, that right. leads to more rooms. And that and those types of conversations are gonna be the things where it's like, oh wow, like, you know, maybe through our conversation we realize like, oh, we have a couple common ground and now there's just a relatability with one another and i would i mean i argue that like once you find someone like something to relate with to somebody like that's a connection yep. immediately that you can run with yep and so it's like there are like even my students people i mean friends in general it's like there are things that i know like this is our common ground and so if i ever want to just engage in conversation just as a just as a uh, a diving board if you will yep um I know exactly what what to say to you because I know the common ground because I explored that in our other conversations, and and again that like that's that's community yeah and, and that's a beautiful thing that's great that's that's so good, uh, what are some ways we can put this into practice? Um, so it, in one way that I would think is practice. I mean, I, that just sounds silly. Just do it and. But there's a lot of truth to that. Um, whether it's just with friends, I mean, I mean, even tell them what you're doing. I mean, let them in on the secret, if you will. Like, hey, like I'm wanting to get better at conversations. Like, can you just throw me some questions and just see what happens? Like in a in a very safe space where it's like, if you end up going, uh, 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 it's like your friend already knew what you were doing, so all is well. 
like you you to go back and you putt. <laughs> yeah, or you can say, yeah, I learned I learned about this thing called conversational threading where the goal is to offer up maybe a little bit more information than I'm familiar with. Because somebody says, "How you doing?" You say, "Yeah." Right. So doing this conversational thing, and and you kind of, you kind of do you kind of do it just by saying what you're doing, and right? You, you kind of offer those touch points for people just by saying what you because then they say, "Oh man, I too also want to learn how to do conversations better." Right. And then it's like, well, why do you want to learn how to do conversations better? And now you're in a conversation. And now you're in a conversation. Love it. And yeah, and and I mean, I'm always a big fan of just like let's just. Let's just share expectations, like and and so to your point in that moment, like by sharing, like, hey, I'm I'm actually, I'm really glad you asked us because I'm 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 trying to like, um, practice a little bit more on something called conversational threading, and the hope of me doing that is actually to help engage you more because I want to get to know you too, and then dive into it. So it's not only like this is what it is, but it's like this is what it is, and maybe this is something that I would like encourage you to maybe try out mm. in our conversation, um. And so I think that's that's kind of an obvious way to do it is just like putting yourself out there and just be like, all right, the next person that that asks me how I am, I'm going to say these three things. Like I'm going to mention these three things. And I know it's hard to because I'm I'm one that's not shy from conversation. Like and so I guess a, an easy question would be like, OK, but I'm I am shy and I and I do struggle with just approaching strangers or even like people that I know well like I just sometimes I just don't want to I get it I don't but I do I I, I get it from the perspective of I, I I sympathize with you and so what I would really encourage this um and, and again Hannah was a really helpful tool here um just talking it out um I think for one there are really basic how are you's that everyone uses like Hey, how's it going? Like that's gonna be that's gonna be a question that almost everybody in the world is gonna ask you. And so even just having like when people ask me that, especially like let's say new people, and then as you get to know them, you can kind of change that answer. But with new people, like here, if I'm good, I'm gonna tell what happened this week. I'm gonna give one thing that happened this week that made that happen. Um, if I'm doing poorly, I'm going to give one reason as to why that, I mean, and just have like a template, if you will, yep. where it's like, I always have that in my back pocket. I mean, if you literally write it down, great. Like there's nothing wrong with that either. Not at all. Um, but you're just, you always have that template. And so it's like, how am I? And, and this is something I really, this is kind of a side comment, but it's not. It is okay to pause. Like it's okay to think about that answer. And I think, Especially with like, how are you? We're really flippant to just be like, good. And we're not. Like, it's okay to wait and to think about it and to give a proper answer to that question. Because if we're really like, our culture has made that hello. Like, it's, it's a lot more of a greeting. But that is a question to like, the ability to check on the well-being of another person. And that's a, that's a really rare thing if we are vulnerable with one another. Okay, that was, that was a side note. Um, that's great. I mean, but, <laughs> I, I do that. I've, I've found myself doing that on Sundays. People say, how was your week? And I'm like, all right, hold, well, let me think about my it, week. And it's kind of awkward. And I, I've had people like, are, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I just, I want to think about my answer. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off though, for yeah. real. No, no, I'm just affirming you on and what so, you're saying. Yeah, it's, uh, so just having a, a template where it's like, you know, for if someone asked me this question, like here's kind of the, template I'm going to use. If someone asked me maybe this question, and this is the kind of template I'm going to use, I think that's going to be helpful. 
And at the end of the day, it's like, if you're in a crowded room and you're shy and you're like, I can't, I can't do it. Pick one person. One person. That's it. Like, if everyone in the room chose one person, then everyone has someone to talk to. And and that's that's powerful. Like, that's really powerful. And, I mean, how many times do we see, yes, Jesus was so good at talking to the thousands and, and feeding them literally and, and spiritually, but he was also really good at talking to the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes that known as well. I mean, I'll leave the 99 for the one, you know. And so it's that like if we can also get in that mindset for having those conversations to invite people into our lives and, and you know, into the body, that one, that one conversation is worth it. Yeah, I love it. And I think about it even in my own experience, the people that I oftentimes, when I get into those big rooms, and it does take me um, a little bit to get comfortable in big settings. I have to assess the situation. But if, I, if there's somebody there that I've had a conversation with, they, they're, they're the safe person to me. And I think about the people that have kind of offered me conversational hospitality in the past and how they've kind of established themselves as a, as a safe touch point. Yeah. I, I try to be that for other people, hmm. uh, in, especially on Sundays in a big room. If there's people that I know I've kind of connected with and mm-hmm. I see them with the deer in the headlights look, you know, because there's all of these other strangers around, try and, try and kind of be that for them. That's as good. A, yeah. As an act of neighbor love. Right. Like, hey, and I don't necessarily say this, but it's like, hey, maybe you're a little uncomfortable standing here. I'll come and talk to you um, and, and try my best to play ping pong in our conversation. Yeah, and, and right. Make you feel seen and loved. And, and I think that that would also be an encouragement is um, having conversations with people, even small talk. I mean, it really is an act of neighbor love. Absolutely. Taking interest in another person and pausing for a moment to give them both of your eyeballs and your brain space for just a second absolutely and, and yeah think about how meaningful that has been to you and choose to do that for others yeah that's that's so good yeah well dude thanks so much for hopping on for a minute and talking this morning um this has been super helpful super practical i hope that everyone who listens to this we probably have our types that are more extroverted like you like standing ovation right now <laughs> and then we have our maybe introverted more shy friends cowering yeah. in a corner at the thought of this but hopefully this is a helpful resource in encouraging us to take the initiative with unbelieving neighbors, unbelieving family, with strangers at the grocery store, and right. with one another as a church family. Yeah, and I want to say, if, if I can, I know you're definitely, we're wrapping up there, um, but as a just another part of threading, which is so good for the body, and this is something I know I'm personally working on, is as we are threading, this is just kind of my, I guess, last little, like, please comment there. Um, like, as believers, what if, Instead of just going up and being like, do you know Jesus? Which those questions are really great, to be very clear and and necessary in a lot of ways. What if we threaded the gospel Hmm. in our everyday Hmm. conversation where we invite others to ask, when we invite others to respond to how are you, to how's the weather, to what do you do for a living? If we are able to use that language and invite people to ask those questions, like how much more can we as First Peter said, be ready to give the reason for our hope. And so that, that would be the last encouragement. And this is something I'm really trying to work on, especially in the setting that I'm in, is let's, let's use those gospel languages to thread them into our everyday small talk conversations. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's a good word. As always, thanks for listening. Put this into practice. I uh, hope it was encouraging. And uh, if you have any more questions, you know where to find Reagan. <laughs> That's right. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on this morning. You spending some time talking about this. Yeah, man.